diving straight in, absolutely. It is our eighth annual report. And what's been fascinating over the last almost 10 years is to see the different trends that have shaped the sector. That's from the rise of global investment to prop tech, to the growth of logistics and residential, and of course, Brexit. One thing that we also did three years ago was look at the future of offices. And we were already finding that certain trends were changing the way that we work and we use our offices. So I think the pandemic then has really just speeded up some of the trends that were already gathering momentum and also magnified some of the challenges and the issues that we face as a sector. And we sit here today very much at a crossroads. Real estate is at the heart of the national agenda. And as we move into this second wave of the virus, everyone is looking at how and when we use our buildings, whether they're offices or schools or retail. And as one agent put it to me recently, real estate is suddenly very interesting again. So we thought it was a really good time for this report, Real Estate Reset, that looks at offices and purpose beyond the pandemic. Just to give you some of the methodology, we surveyed over 250 real estate professionals. They look after assets worth over three billion pounds. We did in-depth interviews, and I know that you'll recognize the companies here. We also did polls of over 1,500 senior occupiers from SMEs to multinationals, and we surveyed over 500 institutional investors. So a really good cross-section. But I just want to look at what the real estate professionals were thinking about the UK market to set the scene. And I don't think it will surprise you that 42% were feeling a little pessimistic at the moment. But given we did our survey in the midst of lockdown one, I actually thought that could have been worse. It was only 10% more than last year. And interestingly, if we look at the poll that we did immediately after the Brexit vote in 2016, 64% of our respondents were pessimistic then. So it feels that things could be worse. This is an interesting chart which shows where respondents think investment will come from. And there's been a real drop in expected demand from Asia, the Middle East and North America. But actually, Investment from Western Europe into the UK is actually expected to almost double. So perhaps that's something to do with expected difficulties with long haul travel. Turning to Brexit, it was out of the headlines for a little while over the summer, but things ramping back up again as the end of the transitional period draws to a close. And 71% of our respondents thought that COVID-19 had increased the need to, for the UK to secure a trade deal with the EU. And of course, we've got Michelle Barnier in London this week, so all eyes on how those negotiations go. Looking at London, for the second year running, the number of people that think that London is fairly valued has actually increased. And whilst, of course, transaction values have been and volumes have been down this year with interest rates low. London is actually looking quite good value compared to some other European cities. So we're, we're expecting to see a steady flow of transactions continue. In terms of asset classes, there's been some obvious winners and losers. 
the internet virtually overtook the high street when it came to retail at the height of the lockdown. So it's no surprise then that distribution and logistics way out in front in the opinion of our real estate professionals, whereas retail really has hit rock bottom. And we looked at the really interesting correlation between those two sectors in our recent report, Box Clever, which is on our website if you're interested. Hotels and leisure, student housing, suffering for very obvious reasons at the moment. Whereas the not so alternatives, I guess now, of retirement living, PRS, healthcare, all doing very well. Offices are dropped out of the top five for the first time. And that's really interesting because when we first did this report almost 10 years ago, offices were the most sought after asset class. So I think that does show how times have changed. And indeed, when we did our report on the future of offices three years ago, we quoted Rob Knoll, who was then at Landsec. We said, unless we want to take our surface pros and go and work in a field, we will always need buildings, which is, of course, right. But the question we asked was whether we would continue to need offices in the traditional sense. And with many of us having spent so much of this year working from home, I think never has that question been so relevant. So on average, our occupiers expected to have half of their employees back in the office by last month. So in some countries, I know that was probably a little optimistic, but with a vaccine now on the horizon, hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel. But there are some concerns around that return to the office, with 82% of occupiers feeling that an employer could be liable if an employee contracts COVID-19 in the office after having been asked to return to work. So some risk management issues there for landlords and owners of buildings. And there's some really helpful guidance on that in the report. But I think this home versus office debate looks set to continue to some, for some time. But what was clear from our occupiers that it was a blended approach of some time in the office, some time at home that was felt to be best when it comes to creativity, productivity and motivation. Interestingly, especially for all of us in the real estate sector, nothing can beat the office when it comes to integration with colleagues and human connection. And certainly having spent some time back in the office after the first lockdown ended in the UK, there's certainly a, a buzz and an energy that you get from being back in person that you just can't replicate on Zoom or Teams. So I think rather than being the death of the office, the pandemic's actually reminding us of all those things that we love about it most. But I think we all accept that working practices will change. And this chart is really interesting because it shows that more people expect to work from home, but also to use the office in perhaps a different way, more as a hub to meet with colleagues. So I would take from that that I don't think we'll see the numbers of offices reduce, but perhaps we'll see the way we use them change with more of an emphasis on social and the well-being aspects. <coughs> So that, I guess, takes us to the S in ESG, which, as you can see from this quote here, 
is often misunderstood or overlooked. But the pandemic really has given us all a chance to think more about our own social purpose and value. And that's actually true from a corporate point of view as well. We asked our respondents whether they thought the importance of corporate social purpose had increased post the pandemic. And 62% of occupiers thought that it had. And 51% of our property respondents also agreed. And interestingly, when we asked our institutional investors, it was even more striking. Almost all of them can articulate their own corporate social purpose and believe that a company that can do this can add up to 30% to its value. So clearly, it's a win-win situation for those companies that have this at the heart of their culture. And I know we'll talk a bit more on the panel about what social purpose and value actually is. Moving on to the E in ESG, that's something that we've been talking about for a while now, but there was still a little disconnect between our different polling groups. When asked about the importance of working in an environmentally sustainable building, it was very important to just 32% of the property industry, but actually it was very important to 77% of institutional investors. So I think you can just see how important this issue is. We also asked our occupiers whether they'd be prepared to take a pay cut to work in a sustainable building. And I think this is really interesting. 34% in England and Wales would take a substantial pay cut. In Netherlands, it was actually 50%, although a little bit less in Germany, 28%, but still, I think, very big numbers. But we are on a journey, and I think we all recognise that. Indeed, almost a quarter of the real estate professionals think that we need to improve when it comes to our environmental performance, our diversity, and our social contribution. But that's very much why we called this report Real Estate Reset, because what really stood out from the polls and the interviews is far from being overwhelmed by the commercial reality of the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. The sector really is demonstrating its credentials when it comes to environmental and social purpose and really starting to think about not just the buildings, but also the people who occupy them and the communities around them. But the, perhaps the question we need to think about is whether as a sector we can keep this up when perhaps the economy becomes a little bit more tricky. And I just want to share a quote with you from one of our interviewees. And I think if Aberdeen Standard are anything to go by, I think this is a trend that is very much set to continue. And I know we're all really looking forward to what the, or the panel have to say about this. Thank you.